We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market. I am Ty Anderson, Dale Arnold, here as always. How much longer do we get to do this? What do you mean? Well, now that you're, you know, on the morning show and stuff. I am not on the morning show. Gone, you know, all Hollywood on me. I just figured this is probably not going to last much long. I will never go Hollywood on you. I'm, it's too late. I already figured that's already. Not part of the morning show. That was a snowy, that was a that was a snow day for them. So they brought in all the Everyone. jokers and, and Everyone. whatnot. Yeah, so I'm at the top of that list, I guess, there. so Well, it's, I guess, primarily because Tangway gassed him. Is that, is that what this it was? This is true, yeah. He's a diva. Uh, couldn't drive in the snow. Uh, you know. Doesn't he have a big SUV? Probably. Well, that's what I was told. I, I yeah. can't say that I've ever seen. I got a Honda Civic. I'm sliding all over the road. But and you were here. Absolutely. Best I ability is availability, my friend. That's what I, I, I said. I said I anywhere. would put tennis rackets on my feet and walk here if I had to. Be, if I, had to. I can't talk the game that I talk and say, hey, I want to be here, I want to be here, and then not show up. Huh? There you go. Because of a little weather. So well that's done. why I'm here. Well done. So how are things? Uh, things are okay. You got uh, players dropping like flies for the Boston Bruins here, but we we were having this discussion before the mics opened. We'll have it now that they are open. Uh, you look back at the trade deadline and the uh, the acquisitions that the Bruins made, and Don Sweeney looks smarter and smarter. Not just that he f- brought players in to fill roles. You know, they looked at the at the schedule for the month of March: sixteen games in thirty-one days. They had a pretty good indication, as everybody would, that, you know, somebody's going to go down at some point. They didn't know who. And it's not just that they brought four guys in. It's that they look to have brought the right four guys in, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, I can't believe that Brian Jonta looks as good for a 39-year-old who sat out the first five months of the NHL season. Hey, he was playing Olympics. I know. That's five games, no, I right? Know. That's I know. crazy. It, 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 he's been the biggest surprise. It, it, as we're sitting here recording this, and this is the— uh, the day they're they're getting ready to play the uh, the Florida Panthers on Thursday. As we're recording this right now, I would say the one of the four who's playing the least impressively at this moment is Rick Nash. And I'm not exactly worried about Rick Nash. I'm just saying, you know, he's had a couple of subpar outings here. Giantas look great. Holden's look great. Wingles, he, he, look, he's not going to dazzle you anyway. He he is what he is. But he's he's been very effective in the roles. I stress roles, not role that they put him in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with Nash, I think the big thing for me is that teams are now keying in on that line. They understand that is their line right now. That's their scoring line. Although I would say that Martian and Apostolic have been just as good, but I think teams you know are who else more has been effort. great as Riley Nash. Absolutely. You take a look at the job Nash has done being you know interjected between those two guys in place of Patrice Bergeron. Riley Nash has been great for this team, uh, and and not just in this role. He's been very solid all season long. But you know they stick him in between the two best forwards you have. And he hasn't dropped off really much at all from from what Bergeron. Look, he's not Patrice Bergeron. I'm not trying to make that case, obviously. But the play of that line has kept up really well because he's been really good. Yeah, he reminds me a little bit of a of sort of a cross between Chris Kelly and Rich Peverly, where he has the offensive game, and you can put him anywhere, and the game doesn't change. He doesn't try to change who he is. He is he is what he is, and right now he's being very productive for them. I think that's been a huge key to their success. 
The the bummer I have with with Riley Nash is that I feel like he's pricing himself out of a return to Boston with the way he is playing. Yeah, but you know what? Realistically, I don't know how many spots there are going to be on this team. You know, That's right. in, in the in the immediate future, uh, you know, you've already got uh, Cameron Hughes and uh, and now Trent Frederick who have begun their professional careers. Ryan Donato. Donato, I think, once his Harvard season is over, will begin his professional career. Uh, you've got some guys who are going to be pushing to make this team here in the next year or two. The Donato thing is weird because I was watching the Harvard versus Dartmouth last weekend, and I was and actually rooting, rooting for Dartmouth. I was like, I need Dartmouth to win here. For I, God's sakes, man. I mean, can't you let the kid finish out his college no, career? No, I need to see I it mean, right now. Uh, well, you know what? You've got to have a little more patience than that. <sighs> I know. He'll, the Olympics got me so hyped, though. Look, I think he's going to be a good player. I, I don't even know if they're going to start him here. Yeah. Uh, I think he will be here before the season is out. The regular season is out. Don't misunderstand. But I'm not sure it would be a bad thing to have him go down to Providence and get a week or two's worth of games in at the AHL level and kind of get your, your professional feet wet a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a smart move. I mean, they've done it before. They've done it with everybody besides McAvoy. And, I mean, even they did it with McAvoy. But the They were even going to do it with McAvoy. They, yeah. they, you know, they had to have four defensemen go down, and they, and they really didn't have an option. I, I don't think their first choice was to have Charlie McAvoy make his NHL debut in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's a That's a... Tough ask. And they saw it, and they went, eh, we should have had this guy up months ago. Yeah, probably. But, uh, but no, I think that that's a good point, though, with this team, is that when we talk about the depth, this is the time of year you need it. You know, these, these three games in four days, these four games in six days, whatever the case may be. I mean, this has sort of been the MO of this team from the start. But what I love about it the most and, and is that they haven't, they haven't strayed from their path. They haven't benched these young kids in favor of the older veterans or the complimentary pieces, if you will. Heinen sat for a game. But Cassie had no problem going right back to him. And I think that's really telling of what the direction of this team is and where, where they want to be, what they still want to be, even after these additions, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they've, they've got some roster decisions to be made when you get closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs. But right now, especially with the crush of games that you've got here, uh, as we sit here now, we know that Zdeno Chara and Jake DeBrusque will not play tonight's game against the Panthers and Saturday's game at Tampa Bay. Bruce Cassidy has said flat out they will not play either of those two games. And assuming that these are not serious injuries, in DeBrusque's case, it looked pretty clear when you saw the hit that he took into the boards, it's got to be a concussion. Yeah. And, you know, those things are notoriously hard to judge. And I'm not in any rush. Make sure he's, you know, ready to go and completely healed and all that. In Chara's case, it's the quote-unquote dreaded upper body injury. Assuming it's not serious, assuming this is a good thing. I mean, Cassidy had already said it was going to be a, a, a tough conversation to have when he wanted to convince Chara to sit out a game or two here or there and rest up for the playoffs. Chara had already said, I want to play every night. Well, there's at least two games he's not going to play, yeah. and, and I'm okay with that. Again, assuming this is not a serious injury. I, I, what I want to be told is that, you know what, Z's going to sit out a week, and then he's going to be fine and good to go. Then I'm good to go as well. Yeah, I think that's a big thing because I, I, we've talked about this. Is that Chara? Has, he has so much pride. He wants to be in that lineup. He he is such a force in that locker room, which people don't understand. I think people that hate Chara, they don't understand the kind of cachet that he comes with in that locker room. Tommy Wingles told me flat out, he goes, you, "It's hard to find a more well-respected leader around the league than Zeno Chara." And I thought that was very telling and very interesting uh, because so many fans here have such negative ideas of Chara for whatever reason. Uh, but his you know, the, the, will be I will say this though, and, and Wingles has only been here, you know, a few weeks now. Zdeno Chara seems different to me this year. Yes. Uh, and I've seen him here, you know, in years past. I've been in the locker room with him in years past. He seems more open. He seems more uh, giving, for lack of a better term. Uh, he certainly seems happy. Uh, I mean, I think he really, truly likes these guys, likes this team. 
I think he likes where he is and, and what his position is within the organization. I think he knows full well he's got more to give, that this is not the end of the road for him. He's still got some hockey left. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that he wasn't always you know, happy and, and you know, happy to be here, but he's happier than I've ever, maybe ever seen him here in a Bruins uniform, short of obviously winning a cup. Of course, yeah, and I like that word you use, open, because that's the word I would use. I mean, I think that Chara in years past, he not to say he would duck the media, but he wasn't crazy about interviews. He wasn't crazy about one-on-ones. You know, he felt that, I think in a way, he almost felt like it was taken away from the team. Well, I'll give you the, and just a quick example. Uh, I wrote this book about the Bruins that's coming out next November 1st, and uh, I really wanted to talk to Z about a chapter in the book. And and I went up to him in the locker room one day after practice, and I, I just said, you know, Sedano, I'm writing this book about the Bruins, and uh, and I'd really like to to talk to you about it. And you know, if we can set up a time that's convenient for you. And he says, "How about now?" Yeah. <laughs> and we went off to the side, and we sat down, and we sat. I got my phone on and put it on record, and we sat there and talked for half an hour, forty minutes. And you know, he he was gracious with his time. At the end of the whole thing. Uh, Obviously, he's, he's a big advocate of not the TB12 method, but the kind of things that the 40-year-old quarterback in Foxborough is doing. Yes. He knew that, you know, we, we do the show down at Gillette Stadium every Monday. He knows all this stuff. He, he said, you know, he admires Tom. He really hopes he gets the opportunity to just talk to Tom at some point. And I was in the process of trying to make that happen, but the middle of the football season is a little tough. Uh, but I think at some point here in the near future, he and Brady are going to connect. I think they'd have a lot of interesting things to say to each other about longevity and nutrition and uh, conditioning. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the 40-minute conversation, he wanted to just sit there and talk about Tom Brady and, and how he was doing what he's doing at his age because Zidane's carving the same sort of thing out. Yeah, it's, it's, I love it because it's one of those things where I think that we could be talking about an athlete, in my opinion, Chara, who may go down as the most underrated athlete in Boston sports history because he's been this good for this long. And I think that this year, I don't want to say it saved his legacy, but it sort of cemented it in a way that, you know, people just had this idea that he was falling apart, that he was not who he was. I think that he's kind of shut that up. I think he's been a dominant force Yeah, this but year. you know what? They're, that group out there, they, they are not giving up that high ground as far as they're concerned. No, and, it's, it's and, you know, they, people too. they still think he sucks. They still think the Bruins can't win with him. Uh, I mean, I, I get tweets from him all the time. You know, he, if he's out there for a bad goal against, I'll get, you know, half a dozen tweets. You know, oh, yeah, what do you think now? And, you know, when he's out there for a three-minute and three-second shift and, and playing his ass off and then fighting a guy at the end of it, it's crickets. Exactly. But the minute he... You know, makes a bad play or a, a guy gets around him or something. Hey, what do you think about that Chara guy now? What I think is he is the third best defenseman in the history of the Boston Bruins. I would agree. And, and I mean literally the third best. Brad Park was a transcendent player. By the time he got to Boston, he was a shell of his former self. There are only two defensemen in the history of the Boston Bruins who rank above Chara. Both are in the Hall of Fame. He's going to the Hall of Fame, too. And he's, he's been that good. And the people who don't see it, I'm convinced at this point, they don't want to see it. They've got a narrative built up in their heads, like you said. The same, it's the same for the Tuka Rask people. You know, they're never going to win anything with Rask when you point out that, you know, Rask helped backstop the Bruins to a Stanley Cup final. Never happened. Yeah, but he gave up those two goals and lost the game for them. Yeah. yeah. He was the goaltender when the two goals were scored. Uh, but, they, you know, they... There are people with narratives, and you're not going to change it. 
You know, there, there are certain guys that, that well, I'm, I'm not sure there's anybody they love. That group. No, they hate yeah. everything. Yeah, they hate everything. They hate everybody. They, they hate uh, watch this team. It's so yeah. weird. It, and it is. It, it's exactly the right phrase. They hate watch the team. And, and they do it just to bitch about them. I hate that guy. Oh, nice call, Sweeney, bringing that guy in. I mean, it's like, it's like really? This is how you spend your evening? Must be a hell of a lot of fun to be one of their kids or house pets, huh? <laughs> Hanging around the house listening to this dim Lights bulb. Lights on again. Yeah, I know. God Get the almighty. hell out of here. Yeah, that's great. No, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, it's one of those, you're never going to please everybody, but I think that if you're still looking at this team and every, every piece they have and you're finding something to actually stop you from enjoying this group, just just leave. You're That's on you. That, yeah, exactly. That, that it's, it's, you're, the, you're the person. You're the problem here. So more on that when we come right back. This is Zero Pucks Given presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market as well. So, Dale, uh, did we think we were going to light the world on fire last week when, we, uh, when you went on that rant there? <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that it was going to piss uh, Kirk Minahan off as much as it did. Well, that doesn't take I, much. I, I, I didn't care. Uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of comical because Mutt uh, was co-hosting the show the day after. I didn't. When have I ever brought the podcast onto the air? You know, we we just don't generally do it. Separation church and state. No, there, it's right? not even that. It's just you know, I I, I try to serve a wider audience mm-hmm. when you're doing the show from two to six. But anyway, uh, there was a cut sheet that our producer Jason Rossi provides to the three hosts every single day in there, and there was a cut sheet that probably had about a third of the cuts. Were from the podcast. All the stuff was there. And I, heard, I, I hear Mutt on with Kirk the next morning saying, you know, I wish he'd brought this stuff onto the air. I wish he'd done it. Th-. It was right in front of you. If you wanted to do it, do it. But he didn't want to, and that's fine. Uh, I, I, I don't take back anything I said. Uh, it's kind of comical because in the aftermath of the podcast, and thanks to Kirk, it kind of blew up a little bit, and I, I give him credit for that. I heard a lot of folks on this radio station trying to talk Bruins all of a sudden. I love it. I was I, that, I went on the morning show and I tried getting them to talk Bruins, but they weren't really having it. Yeah, I was surprised they even had you in there. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you respond to these tweets and they call you. I, I mean, I, I called their bluff, I guess, right? And that, that's someone said, if, 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 you know, if this is calling the bluff, Ty Anderson just did it. And I showed up here. I got made fun of. They talked about my mom for, for 45 minutes. It was a lot of fun. It was great. That's great. Uh, but no, it's. It, I think, to your point, though, I think morning mutt is different than two to six mutt. You know, and you almost have to expect that if you go back and listen to the morning show versus what he did or did not bring up during your show, the two to six. I mean, that is your domain there. I don't know. Does he want to come in there? You know, he can do whatever he wants in there as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Emerson Lotzi is in there today. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, We we have people in there to, to, you know, do what they do. Andy Hart was in there yesterday. I want him to do what he does. Uh, the the point was simply that that the I don't ask anybody on this radio station to talk about the Bruins. In Kirk's case, he thinks that it is bad for business. Okay, he thinks that it it turns away listeners, and you can't argue with his numbers. You can't argue with their ratings. Uh, for his audience, he's probably right. All I suggested was that for those people who mock hockey fans, who make fun of hockey fans and talking hockey. If this hockey team suddenly goes on a run in the spring, they're suddenly going to have to be going, hey, let's talk about the Bruins now. And Bruins fans are going to say, screw you. Mm-hmm. You made fun of me for doing this for the last six months. Why do I want to talk to you now? That was the only point I was trying to make then. 
I stand by the point. And by the way, I don't, I'm not trying to make Glenn and Christian and Lou talk about the Bruins or, or Kirk and Callahan. I mean, truthfully, their show is so different than everything else on the air here anyway. Absolutely. And, and as I said, you can't argue with their success. Uh, they do less sports than any other show on the station. It works for them. Where I have a problem is suggesting that all the rest of us should be doing the same thing they're doing. Uh, that would sort of take away their uniqueness, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And, and I think when you got hot about this, I got hot in the aftermath. I see this article on thebiglead.com. Oh, I read it. By Henry McKenna, who I've never, I'm going to be honest with you, never heard of in my life. Never heard of him once. And he's trying to say that uh, hockey coverage in, in, on EI.com doesn't move the needle. How, excuse me, but how the fuck would he know? Honestly, how would he even know did what he, moves did, the needle? Did he contact you or Rob? No, he didn't. Did no, he, he talk didn't. to anybody? And it's one of these things, and then he goes, if you're not serving your core audience, what are you really doing? Again, Hank, you have no idea what the core audience is. You have well, no by, idea. And by the way, and, and just to take your point and refute his one, one other step here, we serve our core audience very well. Absolutely. We talk football almost all the time. We talk Red Sox, Celtics. Uh, some people talk Bruins, some people don't. But the idea that you can't talk Bruins because your core audience doesn't want that, it's a dipshit idea. Absolutely. Especially and it's based I... simply on what Hank McKenna thinks, yeah. which is fine. He's got an opinion as valid as anybody else's. But but somehow we're supposed to to tailor uh, either WEEI.com or the airwaves here at WEEI to fit his narrative? Yeah. Go away. No, thanks. Uh, yeah. And speaking of Huey's point here, he sits there and he goes... He goes, oh, well, I covered many sports for Boston for, for Boston.com. I go and look up his, uh, his handle there on Boston.com. He, say, he says that his Bruins coverage wasn't well read. Did you ever consider the fact that all he did was copy and paste press releases? That's pretty much what he did at, at Boston.com. I went up, you can look up all these things that these people do. So, yeah, maybe his coverage didn't move the needle. Doesn't mean ours doesn't. So I don't need his advice. And my whole thing is, if you're going to call for my job, I've, I've worked my friggin' ass off to get to this point. I've slept on couches. I've worked three jobs. I've worked everything to try to get to this point. If you're going to call for my job, my rule is that I need to know who you are. I don't know who you are. So congrats. We're giving you a little minute of fame. Kirk talked about your article on the air, and then you ripped off Lou Merloni with your Al Horford sucks take on thebiglead.com. I hope it works for you. You're getting some airtime here. Enjoy it. I'm a little angry in case you can't I, tell. I couldn't tell. I mean, you've had a week to calm down, for Christ's sake. No. Apparently not. I'm not going to calm down. Because that, that is just that is the absolute... I think that's the sleaziest thing that you can do if, if you're somebody in this industry is, is try to say that another person or another website is not – they're not doing their job. You don't know what we well, do Well, I here. would just suggest to Hank that, that his Bruins coverage wasn't well read not because there were no Bruins fans but because he's not, he's not very good at his job. Yeah, absolutely. Be better, Hank. People will read you. And that's my whole thing. You're a Patriots writer, Hank, and I've never heard of you. You cover free candy for a living. That, a Patriots writer has the easiest job in the entire world because pa- people in this, in this market, they consume Patriots coverage 24 hours a day. They love it. And I've never heard of you. That's crazy to me that I've never heard of you. But you're going to sit there and you're going to be the authority on what works and what doesn't. Go screw yourself. I'm done. Hate him. Calm down, big fella. I can't do it. All right, fine. Well, switching gears to more positive and pleasant things. It's time for our Wise Snacks Player of the Week. Who do you got? Brad Marchand. I didn't understand how he was only second star of the week. <laughs> who was first? I didn't even remember uh, who was first. And I remember who it was, and I remember reading. Uh, Marchand had more goals, more assists, more points, and oh, by the way, three straight game winners. Congratulations, Brad, you're second star of the week. <laughs> it's once again, the NHL hating on Brad Marchand. I hate the Bruins. No, I just hate Brad Marchand. Um, he's been amazing. 
And, uh, you know, I, I love the way, and now Pasternak's kind of picked it up as well, uh, you know, especially in the, in the improbable come-from-behind win against Carolina. David Pasternak was pretty piss-poor most of that game. Uh, he was responsible for the shorthanded goal early in the third that made it a 4-1 game. And then all of a sudden it was just like he went, you know what, I'm going to be better. And he was freaking amazing all of a sudden. He's got that ability. He is really something special to watch. Uh, and the two of them, especially when you get Bergeron back, uh, that's going to be a nightmare for teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And especially if you've got a second line that's legit, and it looks like David Krejci and DeBrusque and Rick Nash are legit. Well, then, if you're the other team, it's like, oh, I'm going to put my best defensive line and my best defensive, my best defense pair against who? Yeah. Because one of those two lines is going to do some damage. But anyway, Marshand is my, uh, my player of the week. I think he's been amazing. I'm happy you brought up Pasternak because that is my player of the week. Uh, I have been a little critical of Pasternak lately. I think that his puck management hasn't been where it's needed to be. I think that fourth goal against Carolina sort of spoke to that. But I love the, I love the resolve. I love him coming back, scoring some big goals for them. I mean, that well, is you know, And you notice who was on the ice in a one-goal game in the final minute. You don't see David Pasternak out there very much in those situations. No, usually he's sheltered, and even he, with Bergeron. He, and he was not out there because Bruce Cassidy was trying to get him the hat trick. He was out there because Bruce Cassidy trusted him in that situation. You've seen the fourth line out there in those situations much more than Pasternak has been. Cassidy said, you know what? He's, he sucked it up. He's doing a good job. I'm going to reward him. I'm going to put him out there. Yeah, and I think, I think too, that the mentality of it is what I really love about Pasternak is that he, he shakes off that, that play there and he moves on. You know, he, he is sort of the, that he's the mentality of that new superstar where he trusts his own skill set. It might give him trouble, he but he's going to come right back at you. And I think, I think that goes a long way in a season, especially an 82-game grind here. We're in March, and it's easy to kind of fall into slumps, if you will. So for, to see him get back on track there and to see him score some big goals, huge for the confidence, huge for that line. Uh, and I'm with you. I can't wait to see that line in the playoffs. I think it's going to be remarkable. I, I think it's one of those things where last year was the test for them. This year is, is sort of the, where they're going to thrive, in my opinion. So, uh, again, all positives with this team right now. Coming into Tampa Bay this weekend, uh, what, are you, what are you hoping for in that matchup when you're down Shara and DeBrusque? I want the Bruins to be playing for first place in the East Saturday. And for that to happen, they've got to beat the Florida Panthers tonight. Beat the Panthers tonight because Tampa doesn't play again until Saturday. Uh, and you are playing for first place in the East. Oh. And you think about where Tampa was early in the year and where the Bruins were. You never would have thought that was an option. Uh, if you can find a way to beat Florida tonight, you're playing for first place on Saturday night. I love it. It's so exciting. Be fun. This is the time of year. This is the time of year where it gets interesting. I gotta go do radio now. I know you do. Dale, thanks as always. All right, pal. Good, good express run we had here. This has been Zero Puck Given, presented by Star Market Wide Snacks. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.